Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Muriel come up and share a testimony. Uh, I was going to have Latrice share the testimony that uh, uh, Peter shared, but I forgot. She, they changed her schedule. That's why she's not here on Wednesday nights. Um, she works on Wednesdays now. And uh, so, uh, um, amen. So it's just me. It's just you. All right. Well, her testimony is all over Facebook. I know. <laughs> I figured everybody's read it by now. It's on. It should be on. Hello. All right. This is Daryl's testimony, <laughs> but I was part of it. So uh, everyone knows he broke his ankle, right? He didn't fall off the ladder. The ladder slipped. So let's just get that clear. Okay. <laughs> I said what he wanted me to say. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, when Pastor called me, I was home, and I wasn't working that day. And as soon as I answered the phone, I said, what happened? Did Daryl fall off the ladder? Because he only calls me he when... He fall off the ladder. The ladder fell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I got there, he was not on the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> However it happened. And he goes, yeah, he did. And I was like, oh, no. But, you know, the scripture that came to me right away was, all things work together for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And, okay. You know, don't have enough on my plate, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll be right down because I just got out of the shower. So, you know, I'm a woman. I'm going to lay there for a minute. <laughs> so, it's the truth. <laughs> so, no, I hurried, but I had to dry my hair, you know. <laughs> People were going to see me. <laughs> Well, actually, <laughs> me and Tiffany was talking about the half-drunk Starbucks that was in the <laughs> container. We thought, did she go to no. Starbucks before she came down here? <laughs> no, that was from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. Anyway, on to the testimony. So I'm thinking, okay, well, let's try to get him in the car. So he was able to get in the car. He had a Murph, but he was able to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. And anyway, <laughs> we, g we went to, which my brother, when I sent him a text and showed him pictures, like, we're just cracking up over here that he had a broken ankle and you took him to a walk-in clinic. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, okay, John, only you would think like that. But anyway, so he's passing out on me, like, numerous times. And... And they get him in right away. And uh, he's one of those stat, like, as soon as they took his blood pressure, it was, the best one was 75 over 43. The one I took a picture of was 63 over 43. And the doctor's like, you're going in an ambulance to ER. Because I don't know if you have internal injuries. And we don't have that equipment here. I can only take an x-ray. So I kept s saying, all things work together. Not just some. I haven't been in this that long. You know, I've been in this that long that I know that everything I've faced, I've come out to the good on the other side. So I'm like, well, you're going to live through this. And they took him to the ambulance. I was calm. I wasn't, I wasn't worked up. I was calm. And what I was upset about was he was going to have to have a cast. And I'm thinking, you don't know my husband because 
we, we all have a fear. Even? I don't. Okay. <laughs> but I know a lot of them around here. Heights. He's not afraid of heights, but heights can be one of them. Spiders. Uh, anyway, so my husband's is he can't have a cast because it can't come off. <laughs> he has this thing up here saying, I can't have a cast on. I know. I've been through it once with him, and I was up all night trying to get it off. <laughs> so, so anyway, I'm getting to the testimony, I promise. So... <laughs> He, um, you know, you can't get into ER when they're, he's in the middle of a hallway because they're full and he's getting tested. They did a full CT scan on him because they were worried about his brain, his innards, you know, like blood, you know, bleeding inside from the fall. And uh, when I finally got in there, you know, we, and I got to jump back a minute because, you know, Pastor and Tammy is who I call. I don't mess around, I just go to the top. <laughs> so anyway, there I'm telling them a blow by blow what's going on, showing pictures, they you know, why he's going in an ambulance and they're praying, I'm praying standing. And uh, I finally got back there and you know, he's just cool as a cucumber. One thirty seven over seventy or something was his blood pressure. And the lady said, Well, you didn't eat this morning, did you? He goes, No, and I took my blood pressure medicine and he goes that's probably what was wrong then. But nothing was wrong. CT can't st scan came back clear. But the testimony is that all things work together. We're still looking for all things, but I'm also looking at what it could have been. And I'm giving God the gratefulness and the thankfulness of what didn't happen. And that he had a clear CT scan, that he only has a broken ankle, and, yeah, he's laid up, but, you know, he's got a scooter now that he puts his knee on. And at Walmart, he was chasing me down there. I was like, you go in front of me because you're running me over. <laughs> so he's, he's, he looks Im immobile, but he's not. <laughs> but it's getting easier. But the testimony is that when we got to the doctor, after we got out of, didn't have to spend the night, didn't have surgery, they said the break was okay, but you need to see the doctor right away. So we saw the doctor. It was like a, a Thursday, I think. And so we saw the doctor uh, Monday or Tuesday. And um, he w walks in with his entourage, all these women with him. I guess he's training. I don't know. And he's like, well, I got good news and I have bad news. And I said, well, what's the good news? And he said he doesn't need surgery. And where he broke, 90% of the people that break that have to have surgery. So again, CT scan's clear. He doesn't have to have surgery. I'm waiting for the cast part. Because <laughs> I knew he was like worried about that. But I'm thinking, you know what? We gotta conquer these fears. And he said, well doc, can I just wear a boot? And he goes, and he told him, you know, why. And he goes, yes, you can. But he said, um, you can't take it off. 99% of the time you have to have it on. Hmm. <laughs> Daryl's already shaking his head. But what happened was when he got the boot on, 
it was hurting him like for days and he was like I don't know what why it's doing that you know and so I would be shoving socks in there because it's kind of got a brace on it you know trying to alleviate all of that so here's the testimony besides all the little ones along the way is I woke up one morning I woke up I forget what day it was but last week last week and in my prayer time I said Lord today that pain needs to leave because he's wanting to take it off he's wanting to you know figure out what's what's poking him you know and unbeknownst to me he's praying for a miracle and I go to work didn't hear any complaints or anything from him you know went at lunch to see him and I said well what's going on he goes don't have any pain pain's gone and that's the miracle Amen. and then we're believing for a great outcome august 21st when he goes back to the Amen. Amen. i wanted to um uh share the uh um the two testimonies because i want to talk about this this bridge this gap of having faith because like like in this and and uh the way she did it was actually helpful to me because there's a, there was a lot of dynamics in the whole journey. It's the dynamics that mess us up. Uh, when we got on the plane in Dallas and uh, they, were, they were late, we were in Detroit flying to Dallas and we were getting text notifications from American Airlines that the, the flight from Dallas to Fresno was getting pushed off. Your flight has been changed. It was a little bit later. Your flight has been changed. It was a little bit later. Those, those kind of things start, start messing with you, especially when you're tired. You want to get home. We've been gone. For me, being gone a week is like way too long, and uh, I, I wanted to get home. Uh, and so um, those things, when, when we started getting the text, they, they started playing with your mind, if you will. I mean, there, there, there's an irritation that tries to start working. And, but we have faith and we should overcome all things, right? So then we get there and uh, we're sitting there at the, the gate. <coughs> they had their little countdown going on the screen of when they're going to load. When they got down to the end, it went to zero. It stayed zero for a while and then they restarted it and started counting down again. So, you know, we just got late, delayed again. And I could feel inside of me this, I, I wanted to react. Uh, now, I'm not a person that gets mad and goes up and yells. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to get frustrated at the process because I wanted to get home. I wanted to get on the plane. I wanted to get out there. So we finally, they load us up. We get on the plane, and um, uh, we, we, uh, we were sitting there, and they, they finally buttoned up the doors. They're getting ready to go, and this kid throws up. And No, we had actually moved off. We were, we were try going down the, the tarmac, going out to the uh, thing, and this, this kid throws up. And so Lee gets on there and says, uh, we've had a child that's thrown up, and according to OSHA regulations, we have to go back and have it cleaned up and go through these procedures. So we're turning around, going back to the, um, back to the, uh, the gate. And, and inside of me, I'm having to work, because I'm believing I'm going to be home tonight. And, and I want to go slap the mama, because she probably gave her a bunch of dumb food that she shouldn't have eaten. You know. All these things are going through your head. I know you wouldn't think that way. 
uh, but, but they're going through my head, and it's like, and then they come back, uh, uh, we just had something in the cabin that's fell, fallen off and broken. We've got to have somebody fix it. It should be an easy fix, and so uh, we're, the mechanics are going to come out. And on the inside, I'm, I wasn't boiling yet, but that's probably a good word. Uh, I, I'm, I'm having to, to maintain a position. Okay, let me go ahead and just read a verse here. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 18. Amen. says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I want to tell you, at this point right here, it did not... F- I, what I could see was messing with me, and what I couldn't see was being hard to hang on to. But, but there's this place that we can operate in where faith works. And this is where it's really hard, because... The, like with Muriel's testimony, the things that were happening that were going on, the ambulance ride, the blood pressure machine, the, uh, you know, what the doctor's saying, the, the 90% this, and, and, and all those are little things that's going to mess with what you see. And, and the scripture says, we look not at the things which are seen. We don't look at the blood pressure machine. We don't look at the statistics. But we look at the things which are unseen, uh, the things which are not seen, for the things which are not seen, or for the things which are seen are temporal. Just as in her testimony, the blood pressure changed. It was that whatever she said, it was 63 over 47 or whatever. That was temporal. It was subject to change and it did change. But what happens when you're looking at the monitor and if you know anything, um, I, I, with me, I wouldn't know. I'd look at the nurse, is that high or low? Um, but, but if you know what it means, then it's going to mess with you because like, oh, that's really low. Oh, my goodness, what's happening? And now you're stepping out of faith trying to figure out what's going on and how is it going to work, just like when I was sitting on the plane and, and it wasn't going according to my schedule on, on what I wanted to see. And so they, they finally, um, uh, I dozed off while they were messing with all that. And then uh, we got up in the air and I was asking Tammy, uh, well, what time did we actually leave? She wasn't uh, sure, and so we're flying. So I walked in the back, and I, you know, what, what time are we supposed to be landing uh, in Fresno? And they said around 2.30. No, around 2. We should land around 2 o'clock. And like 15, 20 minutes before we land, we have a medical emergency. Uh, the, the flight attendant comes on. Her voice is actually shaking like, like it was affecting her. We, she's not telling us what the medical emergency was, but there's a medical emergency. And... You know, and all I'm thinking is, really, you couldn't wait 20 minutes? <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, you know, it's, it's late. I want to go home. I got an hour drive. Uh, Fresno's slow. I, I literally thought this. Well, I hope the luggage guys start getting the luggage off because they're really slow here at Fresno. And maybe our, our luggage will be waiting for us because I want to get out of here. And, and I could feel inside of me this thing fighting my faith. And so uh, they, we land, and they say, okay, we've got med- medical crew that's coming. They're, they're two minutes out, which you know what that means. Absolutely nothing. And um, so we're going to have you all just sit until they get here, and we're not going to unload in case so they can get on and off whatnot without hindrance. Okay, so it's like five minutes before the fire department walks up. And then what's really irritating, they actually was um, asking if there was any medical personnel on the plane. Do we have any doctors, nurses, anybody with medical, that we've got a medical emergency and we need help? And so this one guy finally got up. Uh, he, he, 
he looked like he was looking to make sure to see if somebody else was coming. So, um, but he apparently knew something. So he went and sat by himself. So when the fire department comes up, he gets up and he starts talking to him. And then the fire department walks over there, looks, turns around, walk off. It's like, really? And then, okay, everybody, you're free to go. And, and it's like, Now, 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 don't get discouraged. This is actually my message. <laughs> okay. Because what I'm talking about is when you're in faith, there are dynamics going on that are fighting against what you're, you're believing for. And it is so easy to look at the dynamics. Another airplane story. I got three airplane stories. Two of them you already know, but I'm going to rehearse them again. And uh, it was when, when Tiffany was going to Go Ministries and we flew. We actually had some like... Uh, points and stuff like that. So Tammy and Marissa went, uh, I think by um, American and went Fresno, uh, Dallas, Dallas to uh, Minneapolis. And then me and Tiffany went on United to Chicago, Chicago to Minneapolis. We got into Chicago and they had storms. We got grounded. And um, so uh, I had flight status. So everybody's waiting in line. I called, the, they, they give you this special number and I call and got in. So we're, we're on here in um, they said, yeah, we've got, we're rebooking lots of people. She goes, I'll put you on the first flight, but it's standby. I don't know if you'll get on, and, uh, uh, but you need to be at the gate in the morning. And so we ended up spending the night. And so I told Tiffany after we got off the phone, because they booked us on this flight, okay, we got to get in prayer because, and believe God that we're going to be on this flight uh, tomorrow. They're already in Minneapolis, and they're waiting for us to get there. And we're going to, we, we was leaving, it was like probably 10 o'clock at night, and we're leaving at 6 o'clock in the morning, so we just stayed in the airport. And uh, we're at the gate. And the, the, the lady at the gate says, uh, oh, let me say this first, all night long, because couldn't sleep, laying in these chairs. Every time I woke up, man, I started speaking the word of this. We're on this flight. Things are in alignment, da, 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 da. And I'm, I'm confessing my faith and, and everything like that. And uh, we get there, and there's like hundreds of people getting on this plane. It's like, well, there's not enough seats here for everybody. And they say, okay, we need everybody who's on standby to move over to this section and like, a ton of people move over. It's like, oh my goodness. And so they're calling this name, they're calling that name, they're calling this name, they're calling that name, they're calling this name, they're calling that name. None of them's our name. And uh, so finally I told Tiffany, I, I went over and I looked at the uh, board and we're like, say the seven o'clock flight and the next flight out is 9.30. And I said, Tiffany, it doesn't look like, uh, or no, I went to, say, to tell Tiffany, I'm going to go call and get us on that next flight. And as soon as I turned to her, I heard the Lord speak and said, weren't you believing to get on this flight? Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to get on this flight. And I start getting, and they're calling this name and that name and that name and this name and this name and that name and that name and this name. And I'm thinking, we're going to, they're going to fill this flight up. And uh, I think it happened twice. I started to tell her again, so I thought you were going to trust me. It's like, yes, but I'm, I'm watching all the people. Yes. And, and I know that these planes don't have unlimited seating. There's only a fixed number of seats in them. Uh, and we're flying from Chicago to Minneapolis. That's not a long flight. This is not a 747 we're getting on. So, so there's not that many seats. And so finally, uh, finally, you know, in all of David's wisdom, you know, because God doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get us on this next flight. So I called. I, I walked over, and the Lord didn't say anything that time. And I call, got the, called that number and told him, and said, okay, uh, yeah, I'll put you on standby on the next flight, da 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 and I got it. And then once I did that and hung up, I just felt empty inside. And I walked back and, and Tiff says, uh, did you get us on the flight? And I said, I, I don't know if I helped us or hurt us. 
and then they called one of our names. And so we, uh, we, we walked up to the, not both of our names, but one of our names, and we walked up to the podium, and uh, um, they said, okay, well, here's your ticket. And so we'll, we'll sign together. And the lady said, oh, we called that name a long time ago. Wow. Now, uh, I may not have heard it, but a little eagle here is over here. When you're talking over in the corner and she's up here, she's listening to you, believe me. Um, and uh, uh, <laughs> did you hear Tammy? That's true. And uh, uh, it's like they didn't call our name. I mean, we did not hear that. And Tiffany was listening. She's standing right there. And we didn't hear it. I, I, we got on the plane. I sat down. And I'm just like, and the Lord said something so profound. He says, son, you don't want to live by hope, do you? Now, he was living one. I knew what he was saying. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It was the same way of saying you don't want to live by faith, do you? Because, see, in these things of dynamic, these things, when, when it's not looking like, if we're going to walk in the end of our faith, if we're going to come to this place where we see where God's glory is going to manifest, we're going to have to hold ourselves in that position. And I know this is very difficult because most people cannot hold focus for any length of time. It's just a human thing. Unless you really discipline yourself to train yourself to stay focused on an objective, to keep going toward the objective and accomplishing your goal, you're going to give up somewhere along the line or, or make concessions. Because 97% of the people, 98% of people do that. There's only two or three percent of people that actually reach their goals as they outline because they have the internal discipline to stay focused on what they're, they're focused on. If we're not focused on the Word of God in a way that we're not going to be distracted by events, we're going to get distracted. And there's a battle that goes on here that we've got to stay connected to the end result so that God can bring it about. So if we were to go back, and, and Peter brought this up in the beginning, we are God's plan. God wants to reveal Himself to people who cannot see, who are blinded by, by darkness, the only way they're going to see is for us to walk in what God has, has empowered us to walk in. And that's why here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you go back to um, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure, uh, a deposit of great wealth in an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then if you go back to verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine through us. God wants to reveal himself through us so that those who are blind can see that there is a God that can get them out of their problem. But if we can't stay engaged, and, and believe me, I'm, I'm more on the side of I'm a pretty focused person. And I was battling it because the, the dynamics, the feeling, the, the, just the desire to want to get home was so strong that these things are interrupting my pathway to where I want to go. And you just want to have an emotional fit. You want, you want, you want the most common, probably the number one thing. I don't mean like number one in priority. I mean like the first thing that most people do when they hit that is they start talking about what's not going to happen. Oh, I bet we're not going to get home tonight. What are we going to do if this doesn't happen? They, they start going to plan B. They get off focus. They, they start looking for, you know, what are, we, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And if, if, we can't, if we can't bridge this gap 
of knowing that God's word will carry me through because like what God told me was, you don't want to live by hope, do you? He's saying, if you would have just stayed in hope, you wouldn't have had to stress out. You wouldn't have had to make the phone call. Now, we got on the plane when we got there. Uh, um, but it was like, if I'm not mistaken, I think it kept rubbing my eyes because I, I just knew I failed God because I could not trust that he was going to do what, what I had declared uh, by prayer. And so uh, then later on uh, in life, my third airplane story uh, is when I was going to Kenya and uh, I, you know, I checked in and I was going through um, TSA and they had me delayed. I was like the third one back. They're calling my name, Mr. Shipman. Uh, the gate is about to close. Please get to gate number 17 or whatever it was. And, and I'm like, that's me. Can I get through? Nope. Just stand there. And so I'm running down the, the thing and I see the, the gate closing and uh, my airplane driving off. And uh, so I walked up to the lady. I said, I was stuck in TSA. And she goes, OK, she goes, just have a seat. We're going to have to rebook you. So I don't remember the, the route I was going on, but uh, uh, I think at the time I was flying on Delta. And so I probably went through Amsterdam and then um, down to Kenya, Nairobi. And uh, they said, we're going to have to put you on <coughs> this plane. You're going to go to uh, L.A. and then over to London or something and then down to Brussels and then down. You know, and I had it's just a totally different thing. I said, OK, but my bag's on that plane right there. You know, like my clothes for the next 10 days is like on that bag. And then the gate lady said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note in here of it. And uh, she goes, but I don't know what will happen. So when I got to the first place, I think it was London, I went to the gate agent. And I told them what happened. They said, oh, according to international law, they'll have to leave your um, your luggage at the first place because they can't put your luggage on a flight that you're not on. And uh, I said, well, 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 wait a minute. But how do we get it there? Do you, it's against international law. You can't do that. She goes, I'll put a note in here. She goes, but it, it's not going to do anything. So then uh, I get to the next place and I went and I did the same thing. And the lady told me the same thing. Got to Nairobi, Kenya in uh, um Sure enough, when the luggage came down, my luggage wasn't on there. So I went to the to the thing and I'm praying the whole time. I had people praying. Uh, I'd called in uh, like Tammy and pastor and different ones and had them pray with agree with me. And so uh, I went to the lady and I told her and she goes. According to international law, they can't put your your baggage on the plane uh, if you're not on it. She goes, uh, I see it's over in, you know, wherever London or no, I went to London like. Amsterdam or whatever, and she goes, I'll put a note in here, but, uh, but I don't know if it's going to do any good. Come back tomorrow night and come back to this thing and, and find out. So, the, so I'm just believing God all night long. I came back, a different lady told her, and she's like, <laughs> they do that a lot over in Africa. And um, uh, they said, no, they said, I don't see it here, and, uh, um, but come back tomorrow. So I came back the next day. Same thing, wasn't there, and uh, and I, I'm just I'm I'm staying in faith. I'm actually doing better on this. One. I'm just I'm not letting it move me, and I turn around. I start walking away, and the the gate agent. I think it was a man this time says, "Oh, excuse me, sir," and I, I turn and said, "Yeah." He says, "You see across the uh, the terminal over there, and that that guy in that booth. There's a light on." I said, "Yeah." He says, "He's got a little bit, a few bags over there." He says, "I don't know if he has. Just go over there and check." I said, "Okay." So I walked over there and told and looked and he says, ah, this is all the bags I've got right here. There's like maybe 10 because is it here? So I just looked at him. No, it's not there. I said, OK. So I turned around. And I'm just praying. God, you, you said that you, you're a worker of miracles. You do all things. And as I was walking away, he says, oh, excuse me, sir. 
And uh, I, I turned and he said, yeah. He says, you know what? He said, it seems like I, I saw it. See where the conveyor belt's coming down? He says, there's a little room underneath that conveyor belt. Just go walk. I think there's two or three bags over there. And sure enough, my bag was sitting there. Uh, how it got there, I don't know. Angels brought it, an airplane brought it. It just did the Philip translation thing. I, I don't know. But I knew I had my bag. This last day walk that we're in, we don't have to go under. This inflation doesn't have to set you back. Money doesn't have to set you back. Sickness and disease doesn't have to set you back. The marketplace doesn't have to set you back. There's nothing in life. God's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And there's nothing that by any means shall harm us. But there is a thing that we've got to stay into. And this bridge, because when I looked at this, uh, this flight coming home just on, on Monday night, uh, it was, you know, you know what the battle was? Me. It was my want to. It, it was just me wanting to get home. That, but, but that was a real battle. Now, there's other battles that are more intensive that if this doesn't work, we could, we could uh, you know, it, it could be serious. It could be critical. It, but it doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what it looks like. If you and I can stay engaged in the outcome and not be moved by what we're seeing, we can have because faith works 100% of the time. There is no fa failure in faith. There is no failure in God. There's only failure in us. And that pressure is real. Have you, ever, have you ever met that person that anytime something doesn't look perfect like it's going to go, they automatically default to the worst case scenario? Don't be that person. You've got to know it's going to work for you. Say, but it's never worked for me before. Well, it's time for it to stop and start working. You've got to start believing it is going to work for you because the Bible says it will work. God wants to reveal his glory through us. He wants to show the world who cannot see that he is real, that he is powerful, and that he can deliver everybody from everything. It's, it, I, I can't tell you how many conversations I heard where people trust him for God, but they're, they're always lowering their, well, well, it looks like I, I, I might need to do this. Uh, God's, God's going to make that. No, God has a plan. And we don't get second best. We don't come up short. We don't just get by. We don't make it. We're not limited by, by whatever's going on uh, and, and whatever's happening because God said he would supply all of our needs. And we've got to come to the place where, where the inside of us is so fixated on the fact that God's word cannot fail that we stay on it without a, without a plan B. Amen. Amen. We're going to walk through it. I tell you what, this year I've come into this year with, I, I've got very specific goals on this year that I'm praying for. One of them is the breaking over 100 in this church. Three weeks in a row we did it. And that was five weeks ago. We hit it three consecutive rows. And it dropped down. And it's like, am I going to look at what I see? I'm not going to say fixated on the word of God. Things that, things that we have broken through that seem to be going well, uh, seems like they've got grinders put on them. There, in fact, I would say that on the prayer list of things that I've got, it looks like I am 100% backwards on everything. Like it's all going the wrong way. But what do I have to do? I've got to stay engaged in the outcome because God said it works. Say, well, well Pastor, how's it going to work? I got no clue. But it's got to work. 
Or don't have a plan B. My, my plan is God and God does not fail. Amen. And, and it, it gets hard at times. It gets, now the weird thing is, is as I check my spirit, I still have a peace about everything. It's my head that gets goofy. Because my head wants to look at how it's going to happen and, and start trying to calculate. But that's where the battle is in the human being, is not let your head go, go sideways doing stupid things, but just stay fixated on the word of God that it is going to come out. It does not matter how many seats are on that plane. God will keep two of them so you can get on. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You, you've got to engage. The only way we fail is to get disconnected from the word and the outcome that we're believing God for. Does that make sense? Yes. Not my normal style of preaching, but I tell you what, if you can learn this, because I, I, I know for me, I, I pay attention to myself. Where I struggle, what I, oh, why did I say that? Why, why did I let my brain go thinking that way? Why, why did I get myself off? I, I'm a very, um, I'm not critical of myself, but I judge myself. You know, the Bible says if you judge yourself, you won't be judged. You got to get in the habit. And um, uh, am, I, am I walking right with God? Am I staying true to the call? Am I doing this? I, I, I don't want others judging me. I don't want to be, I, I submit myself to people who have the, the right to jerk, uh, you know, jerk my chain, uh, but I don't want them to. And uh, so, so I, I say judging myself, but if we will, if we will pay attention to what we're doing, we'll walk in the victory. Let's stand.